Good afternoon, Acadiano. <clears throat> Excuse me. Welcome aboard. Teddy Slotman with you here. You tune in to Kane Radio's Chip Shots, hour-long golf talk show. What a beautiful weekend for golf. Easter Sunday, the Masters. Wow. Awesome weather. As I'm listening to Kenny, Kenny Loggins, I didn't realize this. Of course, he's playing this song, which is synonymous with uh, Caddyshack and an awesome golf movie. I'm All Right, that's the title of this song. But he also wrote the uh, theme music for Augusta National. I saw it on TV plenty times this weekend as I watched the Masters. Kenny Loggins. Didn't know that, now I do. I'm going to have to turn him off now, though, as we're going to uh, introduce our awesome sponsors, as we always do. Let's thank Coca-Cola, Mr. Lee Tatford. We appreciate his sponsorship of Chip Shots and all the other things he does for us here at Kane Radio, High School Sports. In fact, tonight, <coughs> you stay tuned. You will be tuned in to uh, the first broadcast of high school baseball as Catholic High Panthers take on the Notre Dame Pios right here in New Iberia at uh, Panther Field. Tony Landry, the voice of the Panthers, will have that call. So stay tuned after we... Uh, Get done with chip shots. And if you want to give us a call and talk, 367-1240 is our number. I keep forgetting to say that. Okay, so we thank Coke and Mr. Lee Tatford. Our other big sponsor is GolfBalls.com. They're located at Arnold Boulevard right there in the shopping center in Lafayette. Anything you want in golf, you can probably get there. Just about. <clears throat> they have a well-stocked golf shop, and, of course, uh, they have that Nice simulator where you can try out their latest in clubs and hit golf balls into that simulator. Try it out. If you want some golf equipment, golfballs.com, Arnold Boulevard, Lafayette. Of course, our local golf clubs, as I always say, without them, we'd have no local news. So I want to thank Eagle Ridge, Cane Road, Sugar Oaks, Bellevue, and Atchafalaya. Let's start out with uh, Bellevue. <coughs> Let's see their latest uh, tournament was the Cadiana High School Boys and Girls Three-Man Scramble, which raised funds for their uh, school. That was Saturday, March 25th. First place went to Dean Dache and Doug Robichaud and Dwayne Luvia. They were 17 under par, a pretty good score for a three-man scramble. Second place, Brandon Burdett, Ty Burdett, and uh, Robbie Dart at minus 12. Then last place won an award. Give him a trophy. Give him a trophy. Minus three. Andrew Dugard, Cody James, and Dale Hughes. And then uh, they had their most recent dog fight. You got to check out Ty. He might have had, had one already this month, and I didn't get the results. But last month's dog fight, Dwayne Louvier was plus four uh, and won the event. Coming up in March, or rather May, May 13th, is going to be the Lydia Cancer Society's three-man scramble. Of course, raising funds for cancer, great cause there. Then down in Abbeville at Southern Oaks, the Kittyatta Pro-Am had that tournament, that Pro-Am, uh, on Wednesday, April the 5th and Thursday, April the 6th. 142 players teed it up. Wow, and then those numbers keep growing thanks to Doug Beard and his innovative way of getting more players to play. You can play two, sometimes three times a week during the week and post your score. And uh, speaking of Doug Beard, he, uh, he finagled his way on the first place team as he teamed up with Lynn LeBlanc, Robert Burton, 
and Cheryl Granger for plus 10. Uh, in second place, Benny Dronette, Jay Frederick, Dan Hildalgo, Paul Golson, plus 8. Third place team, Roy Poche, Willie Boyd, Robert Burton. You heard that name before on the first place team. If a guy, if you have an odd number of players and you have to draw a person twice, they can't win twice. So Robert Burton only wins on the uh, first place team. But he was also on the third place team along with Brenda Guidry, Willie Boyd, and Roy Poche at plus seven. Good to see ladies finishing. Uh, Cheryl Granger and Brenda Guidry both finishing on a team that finished in the top three. That's pretty nice to see the ladies winning. And then on the individual side, low A player was Jason Bear at minus one. It must have been a rough day for the A players. The low B player is Larry DePlantis, plus eight. The low C player, Rene D'Artes, plus six. And the low D player, Norman LeBlanc, at plus ten. The next Canadiana Pro-Am is going to be playing in May at Cane Row. Look forward to that. Then down at Atchafalaya, they're announcing that they're going to have their greens aerification coming up on Monday, April 17th, and Tuesday, April 18th. They're going to do one nine at a time, front first, back nine second. So they'll be closed both days until about 1 p.m. And they're using that one-quarter inch time, which is going to really open up the soil and get the air down there into the profile of the soil. And spring's here, so the grass is starting to grow, and that'll help them out. They had a senior event this past weekend. My friend Gail Sanchez uh, participated in that. Didn't get the results yet, but have to uh, try to get that out. They also had a Callaway Golf Fitting Day on Friday, April the 7th. They tried all of Callaway's new golf clubs and hit balls at their driving range. So the next thing coming up at uh, Atchafalaya is going to be on the 21st of April. It's going to be the Estela. It's a private, private tournament. Nine o'clock shotgun start. Then down at Cane Row, twilight rates are still in effect. Uh, Want to be a member? You get a lot of perks. 20% off of their soft goods, 10% off of their hard goods. You can book your tea time one week in advance, which during this busy time during the spring and summer is an important uh, perk there to have. You can all, they also charge a handicap, according to the Louisiana Golf Association's handicap system. And uh, they waive the MGA dues, the Men's Golf Association, which uh, Ray, Raymond Bernard is the president there, and he's got a tournament coming up I'll talk about in a minute. They also licensed to uh, sell UL Raging Cajun logo merchandise. So uh, that's a big plus there as well. Then coming up events over at Cane Row. This Saturday coming up is the MGA event I was talking about. Of course, that's tax day, but they deferred it to, the, to Monday. Okay, so Saturday, April 15th, the MGA three-man scramble. 8 o'clock shotgun start, 125 per player. Golf course is in good shape, so if you're a member of the MGA, go take advantage of that. Then they have their Fire Chiefs uh, 50th Annual Conference. Guy Bodan's a member at Cane Row and also the, our Fire Chief. He's going to have a little outing with it. It's going to be a four-person scramble, $80 per player if you want to play in at 8 o'clock on April 24th. That's the Monday. Then also coming up at Cane Row is the 18th Annual Iberia Medical Center fundraiser, Friday, March, or Friday, rather, April 28th. 
three-man scramble. This is a big tournament that raises funds for Iberia Medical Center, but it's a big tournament on the golf course as well as they serve plenty of food. Breakfast and registration begin at 7 a.m. with an 8.30 shotgun start. And like I said, lots of food on the course. They're going to have at least three stations uh, of uh, food that's available for you. An awesome ditty bag, which includes a nice golf shirt, 175 per player. Then results at Cane Row, the Jimmy Picard uh, Memorial Golf Tournament. Had fun time with Brent Endes doing the Calcutta and auction of the, uh, the teams on the Friday before, which was March 31st. They had 150 players, all two-man teams. Championship flight was a tie, and they went to a playoff, and the winning team was uh, Jack Lee and Josh Fullerlove. Both teams shot 128, finished in second with Scott Shea and Brody LeBlanc. Third place went to David Duyon and Kobe Duyon, 131. I'm just going to announce the winners in all the other flights because uh, it would take too long to do otherwise. First flight winners were Ricky Artigo and Cordy Powell, 129. Second flight winners, Charlie Rivers and Blaine Lindsay, 137. Third flight winners were Drake Hoff Powell and Brooks Lachelet, 144. They shot 67-77. Wow. Of course, the first day was a scramble that makes it a lot easier than the second round was a, a four ball or, or best ball out of the twosome. And then the fourth flight winner was uh, Brett Landry and Ryan Hornsby, 146. And then the fifth flight winners were Mike Maxey and Mike Harrington, 151. Ryan did a great job of uh, flighting these players with their handicaps and such. And uh, can't wait to talk to Ryan as he took his, uh, his boss, Hugh <coughs> Andre, along with... Uh, couple other guys and then also want to talk to uh, Johnny Hargrave. All of them got a chance to trek down to the Masters and uh, in Johnny's case he was working as he uh, he is a marshal or a rope bearer on hole number 10 right there uh, at the tee box at least when I saw him the time I went but uh, I think if you uh, assigned uh, a position you assigned a hole so you move on you know you alternate uh, either on the tee box, down in the fairway, or up by the green, holding the rope for the uh, patrons to pass through. And uh, nice work done there. And they, for that, they get to play sometime in May on uh, the famed Augusta National Golf Course, similar to uh, the, the conditions that, are, that were available for John Rahm in his victory. So back to local golf. Eagle Ridge had a barrage of hole-in-ones recently. And they also have a hole-in-one pool, so this is amazing. The latest one was won by Dr. Randy O'Brien, affectionately called Doolittle by us who love him. Uh, Friday, March 31st, on hole number 17. And then just before that, Corey Landry on Friday, February 26th, had a hole-in-one also on hole number 17. Each of those dudes won $2,000 and totally depleted the hole-in-one pool. You put up $5 a month if you're a member, and they have about 50 members that put up that $5 a month. And, of course, the winner gets the, uh, the, the prize. You know, $2,000 is a max. But uh, in this case, it built up so much. Two winners within less than a month won 2000 each. So uh, now it's down to piddlings. As, uh, if somebody makes a hole in one now, they're not going to get too much money. 
Eagle Ridge also had a junior high match. Uh, Ascension Episcopal won. That's 15, 14 and 15-year-olds. They won. They beat out ESA 175 to 180. Birchman had 195. An ESA player, Norm McWilliams, had a 35. Pretty good score for a youngster like that. It's still hot on the item there. Out at Kane <coughs> Eagle Ridge is their special membership. You can be a member there for $50 a year or $177 for three years. Not or. You've got to put up $177, but you get to play golf at, at that golf course, and there's not many restrictions, but you put it up front, and you're a member for three years. Go see Gary Kidd, and he'll tell you all about it. It's an unbelievable marketing uh, scheme they have there, and that's thus increased their play quite a bit. Then also at Eagle Ridge, they're looking for uh, help. As a court boy, you wash and clean and put up the courts and do the range. And then they're also looking for someone on the maintenance crew to work, work full-time. Of course, the uh, court boy is part-time, the perfect job for uh, someone who's in school. And moving on down to Sugar Oaks, their weekly specials, 9 or 18 holes, $22. And their all-day Wednesday special is $31. And that's an important day because that's the day they usually have that twilight scramble. And uh, over at Sugar Oaks, they're also hiring a court attendant. And uh, like I said, other job duties, uh, put, putting up the trash, picking up the trash, you know, doing odd jobs around the clubhouse. Uh, and so uh, weekdays from 2 to close and weekends, there's two shifts, 6 to noon and noon to close. So go see the good folks there at Sugar Oaks, and uh, inquire about that job if you have a youngster or someone retired that's looking for a little part-time work. Then also upcoming at Sugar Oaks, uh, Friday, April 21st, is President Larry Richard's tournament that he has annually over at Sugar Oaks. Then Friday, April 28th, the Huey Possum tournament. Both of those guys, Huey Thibodeau and Ron Possum Gad, good friends of mine and active golfers when I was uh, working out at Sugar Oaks have a tournament in their memory. And then Friday, May 5th, the 4-H tournament, that's been going on at Sugar Oaks for quite some time as well. And then next month, May 21st, Sunday, this tournament started out at Sugar Oaks by a guy named, I think, Mr. V.J. Gospar had this inspiration. to call it the Divorce Tournament, or Divorce Scramble, where the men hit, it's a, it's a four-person scramble, actually two-person scramble, the men hit, both men and both ladies putt. So the men can't putt and the ladies can't hit. It's pretty nice, especially for ladies that uh, have a golfing husband and they don't golf. They can always putt. And it's a fun thing because it gets them interested in the game and see what their husbands do on the weekends and holidays and such. And uh, it's a whole lot of fun. I participated in it with my wife and we had a blast. Then results out at Sugar Oaks, the MGA is very active. On April 1st, Sunday, they had a shootout. Tony Bigot, Nicky Melanson, Bill McNett, they actually tied Olin Granger, Paul Olivier, and Ron Finley on the front with 30 points. And then uh, went in the back in 18, it was a team of Josh Patton, Eric Lachelet, and Kevin Ledford with 35 points. They, so they accumulate all the points of the three players, and uh, that's their shootout. Then winning the cash, 
for their skins. Olin Granger had two skins. Josh Patton, Ron Finley, and Eric Lachelet, one each. And then their Twilight Scramble, like I said, on Wednesdays, they have characteristically have these at Twilight, about 5, 5.30, I think. They can tee off and still get in nine holes. Wednesday, April the 5th, there was a tie. And winning on the fifth hole of the scorecard playoff was a team of Robert Burton and Glenn Dupuy. Shot minus five and actually tied Eric Lachelet and Roger Bassani. Won first place. Then the Gator Golf Club, which stems out of Chicago's, and a big thanks to Boyd Booty for getting me this info. I'll pass on to you guys. The Gator Golf Club has about 36 members, and they travel all over South Louisiana from Lake Charles, Lafayette, all the way to Baton Rouge, playing what they call the Audubon Golf Trail. A lot of these courses are on the Audubon Golf Trail and big-time golf courses in, in South Louisiana. Their last one was played at a Chaffalier in Patterson. Winning in the first flight was a tie. Heath Boudreaux and Mark Ami were six plus six in their tournament. And then second flight went to Billy Bear, and he had plus eight. Um, thanks, Boyd, once again for getting me this info. Duly, dearly appreciated as uh, I can pass on uh, the information to our listeners. And next up is the Lafayette Senior Men's Golf Association. Thanks to Mr. Lawson Ruley for getting me this info. The Lafayette Men's Golf Association, you don't have to be a member of Lafayette or a resident of Lafayette, you just need to be a senior. Uh, and they have 56 members in the association, kind of like the Gator Golf Club, they travel around. Uh, locally and play in, in, in uh, events amongst themselves. It's $25, and uh, the club uh, has two, two big outings during the course of the year. During the spring, they have a crawfish ball, and then at, at Christmas time, they have a party. And they play the first, the second Tuesday of the month, they play their out of town course, and this month, they played right here at New Iberia, at Sugar Oaks. And the top finishers there were Brett Galata. Richard Vinson, John Pierce, and Steve Bienvenu. Their next road trip is scheduled for Tamaka Trail right there in Marksville, a casino golf course, which is, I've heard, in really good shape. Then their fourth Tuesday of the month tournament is held at their home course, Abair Municipal, right there in Lafayette. The top finishers there was first place, Louis Domain, Henry Menard, second, third place, Mel Pate, and fourth place, Steve Bienvenu. On my Gulf States PGA section, which I'm a retired member of, our next tournament's going to be April the 17th, and it's going to be a Stableford four ball. Stableford is kind of like what we do in the uh, Pro-Ams, where you keep uh, one point for a bogey, two points for a par, and three points for a birdie. That's the Stableford way of scoring. And the UL Raging Cajuns, their last tournament played at Mossy Oaks last week. They finished uh, a dismal, if I can use that word, a dismal 17th out of 18 teams, so second to last. Um, tied for 32nd was Milan Potiger from South Africa. He shot 69, 71, 72, and he seems to be their horse for the year. Good play also throughout the course of the year. 
by Eli Artigo, 70-71, and he stumbled home with the 77. Their next tournament is going to be the Sun Belt Conference in Destin, Florida, April 23rd through 26th. And uh, they run that kind of like the uh, NCAA does now. They have medal play, and then they also go into match play. So to prepare for that, Theodore took his team, along with my grandson Drew, to uh, a golf course in Biloxi. I'm not sure which one. Today and tomorrow, they're playing uh, match play against teams, just some pickup teams like the University of New Orleans, Southeastern, and one other team. And they're going to prepare by playing uh, head-up matches to prepare them for the Sun Belt Conference. We certainly hope they finish their year out in a positive fashion because it has been very dismal for them up to this point. And on the high schools, high school golf's about to conclude as well. My grandson Drew participated in a couple of matches on Thursday, March 23rd at Bayou Bend. Uh, his team finished, uh, Lafayette High finished with 162. And they edged out Notre Dame, 165, and then Vermilion Catholic, 170. Individually, um, Chris Kane, Drew's teammate, shot 37. Drew had a 38 and finished second. Then tied for third was Carl Adet and Josh Falk of Vermilion Catholic and Notre Dame with 39s. And then they went to uh, Southern Oaks in Abbeville where we had our Pro-Am and uh, had a match there. And they finished first, really edging out ESA. So Lafayette High had 161, ESA 162, Southside 181. First place went to Drew. He tied uh, Adam Trahan, who's a UL signee. We'll be playing for the Cajuns in the fall. They both had 35s on a real windy day at Southern Oaks and Abbeville. And so their final varsity tournament uh, before they go into district and state play. Their boys uh, league championship is going to be played at Cane Row this coming Wednesday. And it's going to be 18 holes instead of a 9 hole event. And then uh, coming up for Drew uh, also at Cane Row is going to be the Louisiana Junior Golf Tour. Uh, Big tournament there June 1st and 2nd at Cane Row in New Iberia. And then uh, the Gulf State's PGA, which I'm a member of, as I just mentioned, their junior championship is going to be June 28th and 29th at Diamond Head in Mississippi on the Cardinal course. And sandwiched in between that is the prestigious Future Masters Golf Tournament in Dothan, Alabama, and Drew will also be playing in that. I'm still amazed and uh, still uh, smiling from ear to ear of Drew's performance in the Lake Charles Spring Classic uh, uh, Tournament uh, held duly by the uh, Texas PGA and the Louisiana PGA alongside the Louisiana Golf Association. It was played at the Contraband Casino Golf Course. 80-plus players played in it, juniors from both Louisiana and Texas. Ross Anderson, a UL signee, shot minus 6, 136. He'll be playing for the Cajuns in the fall as well. And Drew finished second with minus 4 and one in a three-hole, a four-hole playoff, rather. Uh, But the outstanding thing was Drew shot 29 on his last nine to get into that playoff. And so proud of him. Hope he keeps up his interest in golf and continues to to improve. And one day maybe see him on a big stage like we did this guy, Sam Bennett from Texas A&M. Got a lot to say about him and the Masters Golf Tournament played this weekend. So stay tuned 
take a break with our commercials, and then we'll be back to talk about the Masters. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. The GolfBalls.com Retail Center is now open and better than ever. Stop by our newly renovated store to shop the latest in golf balls, clubs, and apparel from brands such as Titleist, TaylorMade, Callaway, and Under Armour. Check out our new state-of-the-art golf simulator and demo the hottest irons, drivers, and putters. Featuring 20,000 square feet of golf equipment and gear, GolfBalls.com was founded here in Acadiana 25 years ago and remains the world leader in golf customization. Located on Arnold Boulevard next to Harbor Freight Tools and, of course, online at GolfBalls.com. We have a new player on the field, and he's ready for kickoff with a delicious ice-cold Coca-Cola. And the kick. Ice giving him a little trouble as a few cubes shake loose. He's probably going to pour it here, and he does. The glass is full. Can he go all the way? He did it! Oh, wow! And just listen to that fizz! That might have been the most refreshing thing that I've ever seen. Whew. Coca-Cola. Taste the feeling. Sugar Oaks Golf Course, located at 4002 Sugar Oaks Road, is an 18-hole regulation golf course. This medium yardage layout has adequate length, wide fairways, and not-too-difficult approach shots. Sugar Oaks Golf Course is a semi-private course that's open to the public. Our guest rates are very attractive, and our monthly dues are accommodating. Give us a call for your tee time. That's Sugar Oaks Golf Course in New Iberia. Phone 337-364-7611, 364-7611. Test Matters, 10 to 1, on New Iberia's home for the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane, 107.5. And welcome back to Chip Shot. Steady Slime with you here in the studios. And I believe on the, uh, on the phone line, my friend and compadre, Ralph Boxcar Bajeron. Welcome aboard, Ralph. I'm great, great. So the Masters was played this weekend, an awesome tournament, the 87th edition of the uh, Masters Golf Tournament, 88 players, seven amateurs, and uh, our champion is one that both you and I favor quite a bit and always pull for, the Spaniard, John Rahm, and he became the first European golfer, and he was surprised at even uh, knowing this, he became the first European golfer to win both the Masters and the U.S. Open. What a golf tournament, right? Yeah, it was a uh, um, lot of a lot of storylines in that tournament. I tell you for sure. Uh, the first one being the weather, obviously, um, which certainly, you know, we always talk about luck of the draw and, and whatnot, and, and uh, that that could have factored in a, l- a little bit with with this. So they tried their their best to get in as many holes as they could. Felt really bad for poor Sandy Lyle uh, not being able to. They hit his final put uh, as a Masters competitor just, uh, you know, right before the alarm went off and, and hardly anybody there to watch it the next day. But, um, but you know, for the tournament itself, you know, when you looked at going in, you know, obviously John Rahm was, was definitely, you know, one of the hot picks. Uh, of course, Rory McIlroy, the other, you know, had a, 
an opposite showing and, and, and missed the cut. You know, and, um, I think, um, you know, the fact that you had an amateur and Sam Bennett, you know, lurking around for most of the weekend near the top of the board uh, certainly added that intrigue as well. And then, um, man, as much as I have ripped on live players and, uh, and whatnot, you have got to, got to give it to Phil Mickelson um, and Brooks Kepka and Patrick Reed, you know, all three finishing uh, high up and, and Mickelson's back nine on, uh, on, on Sunday, you know, really something special. But, but a very deserving champion in John Rahm. Um, very happy to see him overcome not only the elements, but Patrick Bentley's very slow play to, uh, to get this, uh, this first green jacket. Absolutely, uh, he's he's going to be um, <clears throat> he's going to be an awesome uh, uh, champion. I'm sure he's going to wear that green jacket well, and um, you know it, I'm 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 happy for him. And like you said, there was a lot of storylines. You know, Tiger having to withdraw, um, and uh, you know you, you're talking about Phil and his great round. He surpassed Tiger, and now Tiger doesn't have this record anymore as the most money won <clears throat> on tour. Or rather, on in the Masters with uh, nine, he won nine point five million in his career so far with twenty five starts, and now Phil has surpassed him with nine point seven million. But Tiger, you know, it it, it was it was uh, disappointing to see him, and, and the Masters was so awkward with the uh, start and stops, and the bad weather. It had to hurt him regardless. But uh, he did make the cut, and now he joins Fred Couples and Gary Player with the most cuts, consecutive cuts made at 23. So at least he has that to hang his hat on. I know he's disappointed and, uh, and uh, re-injured himself from what I understand. And uh, hopefully we'll see him back in some capacity at, at any rate. Well, you know, honestly, um, you want to see him back. And yet, if you see him back like that, you don't want to, you know, it, there's nothing more painful than watching a, a great champion, you know, way uh, or past his prime, or, or uh, you know, not physically able to do what he could do before. And it is really hard to, to watch the, the last, you know, part of that. Him trying to walk around, and um, I'd like to just see him take an extended break. You know, maybe try to come back for the for the Open Championship. You know, it's gonna it's a St. Andrews this year, right? Uh no, no. The uh, you no. talking the the U.S. Open? Is it? Is no, no. The, the, the Open, the British. You know. No, no. It's not at St. Andrews. It's played there last year. Uh, I have that right oh. here, as a matter of fact. Uh, let's see. The U.S. Open is going to be played at Oak Hill in Rochester. The um, PGA rather at Oak Hill in Rochester, U.S. Open at uh, L.A. Country Club, and the British Open at Royal Liverpool in Harrow Lake, uh, England. So uh, that's okay. that's so a lot. I don't know about Royal. Well, I'm not sure about Royal Liverpool, but I was just trying to think of golf courses that would be easier for him to walk. You know, because um, he's going to definitely have to have to factor that in. I think you know going forward. Um, yeah, man, it. You know, it, it was hard it, to, it, hard to watch him. You know, it, it really was. It, it, it made you hurt. You know, not not just physically, but you know, just your heart hurt for him to see that. And he looks so old out there to begin with. You know, it's like 
I don't know. Yeah, I was glad to see him make the cut. You know, uh, obviously a lot of you know, the, me, the best storyline there too was Fred Couples making the cut. It's becoming now the oldest guy at the, the Masters. Um, but uh, and Freddie's still getting out there pretty good for his age too. Man, he was hitting it hitting it pretty good distance. But um, yeah, I, 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 man, I, I would not be at all shocked in the next year or two to see Tiger just come out and finally give his official retirement announcement because I I think he knows Jack's record's now not attainable and you know it's nice to think you can just play four times a year and and, and yet you have to play a lot more than that to prepare for those four times a year you know so I just don't think the, the body can take much more wear and tear. And, he, and he's well said he will never become a ceremonial golfer whenever he tees it up he expects okay. to win. No, he, he doesn't want to be a sideshow, you know. I mean, that uh, his pride way, is way too 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 much for that, you know. He, he uh, uh, you know, but again, I don't want to take away from from the greatness that, that was John Rahm and, and um, no question, you know. Uh, and again, you know, talk about mental fortitude uh, to, to four putt the very first green on uh, the tournament. You know, it start off a double bogey. You look at what he accomplished after that, and you really have to tip your hat to um, to him. Um, no question. And, uh, and, and with and, that, and, again, uh, and it was a very grueling, you know, final day of golf. I mean, it's one of those things where a lot of things, you know, could could have happened. Um, having to, to, to play that many holes on, on the final day, and 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 really with the change in conditions, you know, the greens all of a sudden went from being Really, really slow, just speeding up pretty good there um, in the final round, and and, uh, and being able to make those adjustments accordingly. Um, exactly. Much shot. Yeah, he. To me, the biggest difference with him, other than than eighteen, might have been the first Masters champion ever to not reach the fairway on the eighteenth hole. But um, uh, the biggest story was that he hit his driver just so well. Um, he had that, you know, patented uh, little cut shot, and uh, it kept uh, uh, was kind of battling some uh, locations of the lefties there a little bit in that final round. So, um, yeah, it was no, no question. John Rahm's a, a champion golfer, and he became the first player since Sam Snead, as you alluded to, to make a double bogey on the first hole and then go on to win the tournament. And also, this is, uh, if I can use the word. Ironic. It's ironic that uh, his uh, good friend and and idol that he looked up to, Seve Ballesteros, it was his sixty. It would yeah. have been his sixty-sixth birthday, and also the fortieth anniversary of Seve's victory over there at Augusta National. So it was really special to him. As uh, two other Spaniards, Jose Maria Olazabal and Sergio Garcia, he joins those as the the fourth Spaniard to win the Masters, and uh, big honor for him. Definitely, and, and um, the most uh, uh, wins by a country besides, uh, I think, the U.S. is what they, they said uh, uh, in, at, at the Masters. So, uh, yeah, for him to, um, to you know, to, to pay homage to, to, to Sebi that way, you know, and, and, and really idolize him and then be, being able to close this deal out was, uh, I know, to him a, a big deal. And, and, again, I mean, you look at um, at 
you know, what he's accomplished so far, obviously this year and um, just um, in his career so far as a, as a relatively still, not relatively, I mean, a very, still a young, a young golfer, you know, um, you gotta, you gotta admire his, his ability to recognize, you know, what he needed to work on uh, to become a champion and then also to be able to, still, you know, work on uh, harnessing his emotions. To me, that was the biggest thing that got in John Lom's way was himself uh, early in his career when he, you know, because he is a very fiery guy and he would kind of get down on himself sometimes, but he seems to have been able to, uh, to harness that a little bit. Still has that competitive fire, obviously, but... Um, but I thought he did a very good job of, of managing his way around the golf course in, in the final, especially the final nine holes, you know, because obviously we saw that, you know, you, yeah, it, it sounds like a very safe lead, you know, two or three shots, but that can evaporate in a hurry. And, um, uh, you know, he, there were some pins on the, you know, that got rolling so well in a few holes, very inviting to go for but that he chose to, you know, just play conservative, a little bit green, you know, not shoot at the pin. And uh, that strategy. All right. Well, that's. You know, his lag putting was, was excellent as well. Good touch on the greens. And uh, uh, besides the first green of the, of the tournament. But um, it was funny what yeah, he said to the press. Well, how, how did you make a six on the, on the, he said, I'll putt, I'll yeah. putt, I'll putt, and I'll putt. <laughs> Unbelievable. Was, uh, yeah, so, it really was. So know. I want you to elaborate a little bit. You know, we said uh, Phil Mickelson and Brooks Kapka both, you know, bolted to the live tour, as did Patrick Reed, who finished tied for fourth. Phil Mickelson, just an amazing, you know, at age 53, he became the oldest player to finish in the top five ever, beating out Ben Hogan. So what do you think about these live players? And, and you know, we all thought they wouldn't perform so well. So wh- wh- what do you think it is? Especially Phil Mickelson. No, I, I have no idea. I mean, seriously, you know, because uh, Phil had been playing horrible. And, you know, um, Fred Couples had kind of made those, you know, remarks about, well, if they want to pay him whatever it was, million dollars to go shoot 74, 74, God bless him, you know. And um, and, uh, and Patrick Reed hadn't, I hadn't really seen that. Jeff, because to his credit, had won the previous week. Um you know, individually. So I think, you know, he was overlooked and uh, by a lot of people. And, and um, maybe we should have recognized, you know, that he was playing pretty well. Because uh, yeah, obviously the guy, look, it, when you already had four majors to your to your crest, you know, and he at one point was the number one golfer in the world by far when he won those four majors in a two-year period. Um, but, you know, and then he even alluded to the fact that, you know, if I felt this good um, when the offer came in, I may have not gone. 
you know, because he, he made it sound like the car was still with the PGA Tour, but he just thought, hey, this is guaranteed money. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'll ever, you know, get back to form again. And, and he has, you know, he's obviously healthy again, you know, so, uh, to me, he wasn't as big of a surprise as uh, I don't know. I, I really can't tell you what spurred them on. Was it, you know, their perception of being kind of shunned, you know, and, and wanting to prove something? I, I mean, Phil obviously just has played well with Augusta in the past. And we've seen that. He, he's still, I think, long enough, you know, even with the length of the golf course. You know, this is one of these courses they're obviously knowledge a lot more important than, you know, age, uh, right. per se. But Box score, still, listen, uh, we, we're going to have to cut cut us short because uh, Catholic High's baseball game started a little early, and oh, okay. uh, and, and my board op Blanc's in the studios, and we're being notified that uh, the game's in progress. So okay. we're going to have to cut right, short man. chip shots. But I tell you what, next week – we got a few other storylines we need to talk about. And of course, one of them, Sam Bennett. I will not let that go untouched next week as we uh, resume chip shots. So you guys stay tuned. No, no, because we, we're going yeah, uh, yeah, to. Yeah. He credited the starter at Oakbourne for. Very good. We're, we're going to talk all about that next week. All right. Well, look, we're going to cut short, take a short commercial break, and then we'll have Catholic High Baseball coming up next.